Hello. I'm I'm back. Guess who's back? Shady's back. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome my, back. My co-host, my host, co-host, co-host, co-host <laughs> um, Marie Adoranti. Mm-hmm. And um, Cody didn't even bother me this week with asking if we're recording. <laughs> Shut. He's over it. He's in the well still. I'm so upset. I don't know if you listened to our last episode, but he fell down a well, which you what? put him in. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Cody. I haven't listened to the latest episode yet. I'm still catching up. Um, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my grand return. Uh, first, thanking Cody for, for stepping up and taking my place and for... Um, co-hosting and making everyone laugh but I also want to discuss something um that I was really upset about okay um you know this is a podcast that I created and uh I will not stand for Taylor Swift or Travis Barker slander on this on this podcast listen you gave you gave up the reins I'm it was all, you know, at that point, the creative freedom was all on us. You know, yeah. I should have known. I should have known, known better. <laughs> there was only a very small window of opportunity to take advantage of slander for Taylor Swift and Travis Barker. So we took it. Yeah, I saw. I heard. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's okay. Mama's back. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Granny Panties. <laughs> Your new alias. My that's that, that should be a Reddit name. <laughs> done. <laughs> done. Please. Absolutely done. Yeah, my panties match my uh my soul. <laughs> my old soul over here. <laughs> How endearing. Hey you friggin' gabagool. Hey you friggin' beef curtains. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I just, I just wanted to start hey. this by saying um, that I would like to apologize on behalf of both of us to Nikola Tesla. We've been cursed. Just need to put that out there. We've been cursed. Nicolina is not here with me tonight. Cody Crane, our unofficial third host, put a curse on us. That's right. I did. And- and now I'm on the podcast because, I don't know, Nicolini is dead or something. I, my curse is strong. And don't think that this is the end of my curse. So if Nicolina is feeling the effects of my curse now, ew, it's a lot deeper than this. This is only the beginning of my curse. And you two deserve this curse. I have a, a, a grandfatherly figure here for you that is like he's looking at you like it's son, not grandson but son he's saying he looked at you like a son not grandson very very close to you and is there a w in his name at all yeah oh my god yeah that's exactly right holy shit because he's like i'm here and like actually when you guys were asking me questions i'm going to tell you i i cheated a little bit i'm like looking at you going what can come in for this person and i got grandfather the cody and he's like Tell him I'm here. And there's something with his heart, too, because I still feel chest pains. Did he pass from a heart attack or anything with a heart-related issue? 
I, I think it was more of old age. He was, um, he passed when I believe he was 94. Oh, wow. He had a good life. Yeah, that's a long life. Is there, is your name have to do anything with his besides obviously the last name, anything with the last name, but he said your name is like mine. There's something with that. What does that um, mean? Yeah. My, his name was, uh, Willis. My middle name is William, which is my dad's name. And his. Okay. Okay. So he's tying that in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the W. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's come. He's come through to you a couple times already, in dreams, mostly dreams. Well, Cody's like start to shop right now. You guys want it? You got it? Toyota? Only kidding. Um, so what? What happened with the the dreams? You said you you have a you are very vivid, vivid by the way and very open that doesn't shock you why you're doing paranormal because you know like you're very sensitive yourself you've had a lot of experiences since you were very young i'm hearing but you've you've seen ghosts since you were young too and you have that sensitivity wherever you go you can pick them up correct yep and you know the difference between spirit and 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 loved ones i mean ghosts and loved ones you feel the difference does that make sense cody yeah Okay. And so grandfather, your grandfather, he's telling me that he is one of your guys and he kind of helps you with this whole thing. He said, you've always been fascinated by it. Yeah. And he knew that. Well, yeah, like I... Uh, Did you talk to him about it? Because he's like, he knows about it. No, um, no. Like, it's funny because with my grandfather, like, I mean, I think I got like closer by the end. Uh, with him, but he is one of the only people that I have like an item of him in my room. Whereas, like, I was very close with like my uh, grandmother, like on my mom's side, like even more so. But I don't have an item. But it, it was actually like um, right around when I uh, booked this uh, TV show. It was my ex uh, brought me back my psychology book. Uh, from, like, I study psychology just because I was interested in it. And she was like, you left this. And it was the day I found out about my, like, uh, TV show. And then when I grabbed my uh, psychology book and brought it home and I opened up the pages, just I had put his, like, poems in there oh. that my grandfather wrote. And they popped out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's why. There you go. Yeah. That's interesting, but you never talked to him about the paranormal, correct? No. Well, because he knows about it, so I thought you talked to him about it. Did he live separate from you, like out of state or something with a distance? Um, quite a distance, yeah. Like because he, he said there was a distance there too that he didn't see you all the time, but yeah, it was more of like a summer thing. So I think that's what was happening. Is that you? Ha it doesn't mean that. You don't have to have an item of the persons to connect to them. You just need to have that higher sensitivity. I don't want to make this too long, but you have that. You get, you have it already, which is great. So you just need to talk to him whatever you want to. And he's going to, I feel like he'll respond. You have a lot of vision. You get a lot of vision for you. Uh, you know, clairvoyance, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have the ability to see, and you do hear really well with clear audience too. So when you talk to the other side, you get responses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's all in your. It's all in your head. Not all in your head, but you can hear things out loud. But you're getting more um, because it's all communication in the spiritual world. A lot of it, ninety percent, 
is clear audience and it's um, tele- uh, telepathy, you know, mind to mind communication. But I hear that you have that very strongly. So you should be doing more stuff with it. And I know you probably are with this sh- if you're still on the show, but that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Anything you want to ask your grandfather real quick? How is he? <laughs> he said he's doing really great. And he's talking about seven, too. So I don't know. Is anything with seven? Did he pass seven years ago? Is your birthday in July? Anything with seven? I mean, it's my favorite number. It is not. <laughs> yeah, it is. There you go. All right, so there you go. That's, that's, that's confirmation. Use for everything. There you go. That's my confirmation because it's only things he's going to know and you're going to know. I can't make them up. So <laughs> I asked him for one, Lauren. Okay. So he said seven, but if that was your lucky number, okay, and then you got the information in the book, right? You know, you have the poems or whatever. That is just like, that's cool. That's all synced out. You know that, right? Yeah. That's wonderful. Okay. Awesome. I don't want to keep you guys too long. I, I, need, I need you to do something, to tell me something, <laughs> just something. Cody God is an incredible connection here. <laughs> I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to like hang out with you guys and have a glass of wine. Yeah, I'm teasing. Okay. <laughs> I wish I had it. It's up in my office, but I'm sweating. Oh, my phones are sweating. <laughs> okay. There's a female for you, Nicolina, that has, she definitely has like a lot of pressure in her head. So it feels like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. And I feel like it's a grandmotherly type. Would that make any sense with you? My great grandmother died of dementia. Was she also light like you, like light coloring? She was. She, feels, she was. She was. She, she, she said of me, yes. She said she was very fair. You look a lot like her, actually. I look like that side of the family very much. My mom is Italian. My dad was Italian and English, and the English side of my fairness came out with that that family. Yeah. But was there no, was it northern Italian? Uh, my Do dad you know? was northern. My mother was southern italian like, okay because the northern italians do typically have light color you're right just you're to, right there was to give them, my ex-husband was from there and i used to go there all the time yes but i'm here like you look a lot like her almost identical to her and uh, so she's she's coming through and she, that's the person that was reaching me right when you were talking earlier oh. and but you you did know her but for a short I don't know if you were like only one or two or something. I was, I was, yes, yes. Well, I knew her for, uh, so a long time, she, she got diagnosed with dementia when I was, I want to say about four or five and she was in the hospital for like 10 years with dementia. So I never saw her. We were kind of not able to interact because of her illness. So, um, she was not remembering anyone and it was, kind of hard to be around her when because she would she was slightly aggressive um and she would not be doing well and it was something that a young child really shouldn't they didn't want me to be around it so I was like four or five when when she was put in the hospital that's tough yeah it's very tough but you know we never know like that's the interesting part of not knowing who's gonna come in because it could be people from like 100 years ago sure (laughs) and it's it's very fascinating to me because this spirit is just you know, the spirit is still around, and she just said that she's the one that's pushing you to do the show. Has it been, like, three years now for you? So this is, oh, my God. It's and she said, I keep pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. It's she's been pushing three years. You. She was the one person who said she was sensitive in my family. She was the one person. And my, I just had a, 
conversation with her daughter, who is my great aunt. And she's like, you know, your great grandmother was sensitive, right? And I was like, no, I didn't know that. I had no idea up until like three months ago. I had no idea that she was sensitive. And then I spoke to my mom and she's like, oh yeah, she used to tell me things when we would go visit her and she would, you know, do kind of my mom's not reading, but just would tell her things when, and I was so young, I never knew what she was talking about. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's been exactly three years in February. Oh, Wow. Interesting. Because I was going to say she is your driving force. I would not be surprised if she is not one of your guides, too. I'm not saying just because they both came in, they're your guides. But when they are pushing you, she is particularly pushing you. you are, you're very much like her, like you said. But she wants you to succeed at this. This is what you need to do. You're also going to be in a paranormal television show. Has anybody contacted you for that? Um. So there's... I've had a lot of media in the last little while. We have had a lot of pickup. Um, so I'm not 100% sure if that will lead to anything significant in terms of television related. But we do have someone who is working with us on um, like actively pursuing PR related things. So I don't know if there's going to be something that comes up. I have no, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> It's going to happen. So I feel like that's going to happen by July of this year. Wow. And the lucky sub, number son for, for Cody, for Cody, look, and he's going to be part of the team. He's not going anywhere. You do know that, right? Oh, no. Oh, it's, that's, I like already stuck. said, You're, yeah, she, he's with us. Oh, yeah. Stuck. Yep. Paranormal family. So, <laughs> uh, but I do want you to know, like, she does, You she's a driving force before, because you are like, you live, breathe, and everything with the show, like, Nicolina, you do like you cannot st- stop me. Like, what is wrong with me? I don't even know how to slow down, but you enjoy it so much. And she is a driving force behind that because she said, "This is your time. This is your time. Don't give it up." Well, what would you say is like the scariest experience you've ever had, or the most memorable, whichever, like, or both? <laughs> <laughs> um, the most memorable it would probably be my like make or break. Well, like I. I said at the beginning, my paranormal experiences have been since I was as long as I can remember because I grew up in a yeah. house and there were always like little things though, you know, you'd hear like the knocks and like hear the voices and whatnot. Um, but there was a particular experience when I was still a fairly young kid. I don't remember exactly how old I was, um, but it was an experience I had with my dad and we were driving down the street in our hometown. And I was sitting in the front seat, but I definitely wasn't old enough to be sitting there. <laughs> so it was definitely one of those things where it's like, oh, dad's driving when I go in the front seat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we were driving down and we both had the compulsion to look to our left at the same time, which is strange because my dad's driving. So why would he want to take his eyes off the road? Right. Mm-hmm. So we both look and immediately when we look, we see this figure drop from the top of this like outdoor staircase and it kind of uh, passes below um, road level and it screams like bloody murder so we think someone's hurt let's pull over and help them um and so we do and my dad hops out to go help this person and comes back a second later and it's like there's no one there so i hop out and the way it's kind of set up is like a cement staircase and it opens up into this huge parking lot at the bottom and it was empty because it was like the evening time no one was there yeah and 
there's like a few different landings to the cement staircase. So we assume that someone would have hit the first landing and then been so hurt that like how would they get up and run? Get up and run, yeah. Yeah, and like if, even if they did get up and run, we would have seen them somewhere in the parking lot, but it was sure. empty. So we're there staring dumbfounded at the fact that we just clearly saw this thing shriek and fall down these stairs like at almost a 90 degree angle and really fast. So we're just kind of like, that was really strange. And we felt very off about it, but we didn't know how else to go about that experience. So we just kind of left it and and remembered it, obviously, until a Mm -hmm. couple years later, uh, I had found out because I used this was like a it was a community center, so it had a library, and then it was also a performing arts center. And I used to do a lot of theater as a kid, so I'd, I'd go there often. And I found out when I started doing theater that that place was actually built on an ancient burial ground and was rumored to be haunted. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I told my dad, and we're just like, we totally oh, saw that spirit. Um, and it was supposed to, be, supposed to be haunted by one particular female spirit, which lined up with the screen. And we call her Alice. I've got um, one from a very close friend of mine. Uh, her name is, I don't know if I want to say her full name. Do, no, it, just a, just, just the first name. Okay. People because yeah. this is, yeah, just to keep for privacy. So reasons, her name you know? is Madison. Mm-hmm. And she just mm-hmm. simply asked, Am I ever going to meet anyone who's like permanent in her life? Does she call herself Maddie? Because I'm like, I'm, I'm here. Oh, my God. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Yes. You. Man, oh, my God. Oh, girl. Is this She is Maddie. Our friend has a tattoo inside mm-hmm. of her mouth so I just with heard, Maddie on it. I don't know. I don't even want to go, out, go by Madison because I heard Maddie. So Maddie, 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 Maddie. I have absolutely Listen, you know, girl. All right, you got it all going on. You're like, I want this love. I want it to come to me. Bring it on, baby. Okay, so. Okay, she's totally simp- uh, She's totally open spiritually. And she's an empath. So mm-hmm. she's feeling the vibrational states of everybody. And the problem is with her. Does this make sense with her being empath? Like she feels everybody's vibrational change. Oh, she, like, she takes in everything. She takes in everyone's feelings. And everybody that she's dated, she's had to rescue, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, so this is the problem because the reason why they don't last long is they are so... So I'm going to kind of give you the other spin, like not just give psychic messages, but also tell them about themselves because they can't change or get these people in their life. They can't get these people in their life unless they do some changes based on their energetic personality almost. And so because she's an empath, she is absorbing. I mean, she's great. And all these people don't stay in their life because they're coming for a short period of time because they're, they're very attracted to her energy because she's this light, beautiful being and they know that she can heal her whether they know that or not initially they're just drawn to her she's gonna i feel like she's beautiful inside and out she's selfless she's kind she does everything for everybody um and so we as empaths like myself too and probably you nicolina uh you just end up bringing in these all these people that need your help and so it could be friends it could be family members but the 
problem with us is we also take in relationships and get attached to these people because we have to heal them. So everything that she's ever had in the past have been like projects. These are like not relationships, they're projects. And mm-hmm. she has to fix these people. So when they're fixed and she, or she's done because she's run out, it's mm-hmm. done. It's done and over with. And so it now she's going to just say, I'm not, I don't want anybody that I have to fix. I want somebody that um, is already put together. And then he's that, fixed. Yeah. yeah. And just tell like this manifestation also too, like that. Like I have this great person and we have this perfect relationship and alignment. And um, he gives me everything I need and I give him everything I need, but it's equally balanced because it's not, it's never equally balanced for her. This is why it's not that she's not capable of having mm-hmm. a long-term relationship. She has just got a wrong energetic match every single time. And so she needs to be able to say, you know, look for these people and say, have a checklist, you know, um, it's okay if people have baggage and stuff. We all do, depending on what we ate. Like, if they have kids or something from a previous marriage, who cares? But the thing is, it's like, are they a good energetic match? Do they Are they working? Do they have a good relationship with their family? Are they drug and COVID, you know, COVID-free and drug-free? And, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not dating ghosts. You know, uh, you know what? Uh, drug-free, COVID-free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I put COVID-free in it because it came up. Drug-free, COVID-free. She can't identify, this is the problem, she can't mm-hmm. identify the real, true people that she's supposed to have because she's just too busy trying to heal everybody. So she's got to change her mindset, like, mm-hmm. I don't want a project, I want a boyfriend, and I want a husband, because she is going to meet someone by the end of the summer. Uh, he is on the tall side, I hope she likes skinny guys, or like just average, he's not big, but he's like, on the thin side, he's really super cute. And um, I feel like there's a Peter's name, like Paula <laughs> Peter. Uh, and he's just really laid back, but he's going to be like sort of an empath type, type too. So there'll be a good energetic exchange where she can receive, he can receive, they can get back to each other, um, and there'll be a good balance. Like for me, I had that problem too. I did a lot of people after I got divorced, and they're all projects. They end up being projects. I didn't realize that this one was had this health issue. That one had this problem. This one was a cancer survivor. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody has stuff. But I got to the point that I said, I'm done with this. It's draining me. You know, these aren't going anywhere. And so I, yeah. that's when I manifested mm-hmm. my husband. And I said, like, he has all of these qualities. But I don't want to have anybody with problems. Like, we all have problems. But it was, it was just give me a normal relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a balance. Like, I'm a healer. He's a fiber. He rescues people. I save people. He saves people too. But we have a good energetic balance because I'll come home yeah. and he'll say, "How was your night?" You know, and I'll cry sometimes because of my sessions are so bad. You know, like last night I had sure woman that lost her 37 year old husband from a massive heart attack. Another one that lost her husband to this and then I go home and I'm bawling my eyes up. But he'll come back with a bad run and you know, a bad day, and I see it in his face, but we have a good energetic balance. We're not draining from each other. Your friend is always being drained, so she's not able to see what she needs. She needs a good energetic match, so she needs to look for somebody that's stable, doesn't have a lot of issues, um, that is not a project, that actually looks normal, but I think she's actually afraid of normalcy. Does that make sense? Is she afraid to be normal? Does she want to go heal everybody? I don't want to speak for her too much, but I will say I do I do think that she has gotten a little comfortable in this kind of pattern. Um that it's almost like 
it's become very normal for her to continue to experience these things over and over and over again. And it's almost like, like you said, she needs to either break that cycle or like really just focus on the fact that I really do want that that person. I don't want another project. You know, when people dump on you, emotionally dump, and it's always been one-sided. She's always been very generous with her heart. She gives mm-hmm. 100% or 150%. And at the end, she gets like, she really doesn't get a lot back from these people. She really doesn't. And I feel like they break up with her a lot. Um, do, do, I, do they? I, th- I think that it is usually like, she's never usually the one who like initiates the the end. Um, because because she she's can't. willing to continue to help the person, right? She's not going to, she doesn't want to hurt the person's feelings. That's, so, a, typ- that's a typical empath because yeah. they'll, they'll always be the one that gets kind of dumped because they... They can't say no. They can't say goodbye. They can't, you know, they can't hurt their feelings. I, like I said, I, I, I share some of my stories, but I finally got to a point that I'm like, I am done with this person. I am done. Like, you know, are they draining for me? Are they yeah. affecting me? Are they like, am I, is this 50-50? If not, then I'm done. And I would just, I get to a point that I'm just like, even a couple dates, I'd be like, sorry, you're a mismatch. Goodbye. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think she has got, she's done that a few times where she's like gone on dates and been like, mm, this one's kind of not it. But I think that sometimes she does, you know, she has that empath quality where she sees someone who does need her help and she doesn't want to push them away because she feels that she can contribute to whatever their their needs are. Um, I don't know what her relationships have been like in the last little while, um, so I can't speak so much for if she's changed that kind of is she, if she's making a change towards being more settled and less opened and making like a cognizant effort to like put some boundaries in place with people so that could be even why she sent in that question just because she's like you know what maybe I am I'm, I'm starting to feel ready for that um welcoming in the right the right energy into her life so yeah do you think that this person that she could potentially meet will be short term um no okay Okay, Maddie, Maddie girl, my little girl, my little Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. I keep saying Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. I keep saying it three times in a row. It's Maddie. It is Maddie. Maddie. I'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you, girl. I'm gonna tell you, my girlfriend. Um, I'm just a spirit. I'm just a regular girl in the spiritual world. That's just me. So, Matt. <laughs> so, Maddie, I have to tell you, my dear. Okay, by the end of this year, like I feel like August, September, you're gonna meet this guy, and he's you just please put it out energetically that you want this person that is like-minded spiritually and energetically to you and has all these qualities that you'd like and just say it um but you're going to be meet this guy at the end of this year two years you're going to be married in four years you're going to have two children i feel like this could be twins do they run in the family she's a twin (laughs) okay (laughs) it's going to be a boy and a girl twin boy and girl twin Oh, wow. Uh, like, and so this is the thing. She doesn't know if she can have children. So this, okay. well. th- there is a, a, ge- a genetic um, thing in her family where there's problems with potentially conceiving. And she says that she doesn't know if she wants children. So we'll, well see. Well, it might not be an option, honey. It might not be an option. It might just happen. Um, mm-hmm. She is an aunt, a new aunt. Um, and she loves that. So uh maybe it, it'll change your mind <laughs> you're gonna want this with this guy because he's gonna be a wonderful view and one thing too as i wanted to say something as an empath use your empathic skills maddie because when you 
meet the next person or you date somebody, even just date as you go along and just be like, this is what I want in somebody and this is what I don't want in somebody. Even if you're not going to settle with them till you meet this guy in the summer, date or talk to people online, get yourself ready and prepped for the one, which is going to come the end of the summer. And, but use your empathic abilities to your advantage because an empath, you know, you're going to feel in your gut if there is alignment. And it's not going to be because your stomach's upset from that Thai food you had on your date. It's going to be because your stomach is upset like that person's not energetically matching you. They could be gorgeous. They could be hot. They could like have like lots of money and look like they have a great career, but your gut is not going to lie to you. And you're going to, even if they're like, oh, I've been in, they have some problems and this and that. If your gut's saying, no, 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 run, run, run away. Um, if you feel like, oh, I like them, but maybe they don't have everything in alignment, but they seem nice. I feel comfortable. Like my, I don't feel un- uncomfortable with that person. I feel like we're connected. Go with that because mm. everything else will fall into place. He's mm. going to take about three months when you meet him to kind of, He's not going to be a fast worker. He's not going to say, oh, you're beautiful. I want to marry you tomorrow. He's going to be very slow. <laughs> and that's okay. Let him be slow because he's going to be a good one. And he is going to give you everything that you need and the way you need to see it so you know he's for real. But he's not going to be a problem. And so it's going to be different for you. You won't need to save him. So go save somebody else in the world and be like like a healer or something like that and do that work. But He's going to be really good for you and I'm really happy for you. And if you're in the state of Massachusetts, I'm an ordained minister, I can marry you. So can you share some or like the experiences that you've uh, had or been exposed to? I have two. Okay. One of them is actually my family. I was a baby, so mm-hmm. I don't remember it, obvi- obviously. Yeah. Um, but That'd be paranormal um, if you did remember it as a baby. Imagine. I'm yeah. not going to remember it all. I remember it all. <laughs> I remember it all. Um, but I was, I was a baby, and I was in my room, and we were living in this tiny house around the corner from where my parents live now, from where I grew up. And my brother used to constantly be telling my mom about a man in the house and my mom would be like can you fucking stop could you fucking stop talking about this can you cut that shit out you little fuck um and then one day she said she said my brother went into my parents room and said mom the man is standing over joey's crib and i don't like it and my mom went we're moving out i was gonna say did it force you guys to move Yeah, my mom moved. They, we moved in with into my grandma's basement the next week. We were holy gone. fuck. I, I, I we've I done bit, stories oh. like this. Yeah, have you? Yeah, <laughs> you're losing your mind. I'm losing. Marie is losing her mind. <laughs> I have a baby. He's ten months old, and so yeah. like I constantly, I'm always thinking, who is he looking at? <laughs> like looking yeah. at him in his in his little um like, what's he looking at stop I'm it sorry. i'll look at him on the monitor <laughs> and i'll be like oh what's he doing what's he getting up to in there and he'll just be like looking enamored like, but it looks something? like he's like following something i'm like oh my right God, who's he looking at you're like so stop i'll, I'll tell my sister and she'll just go it's just grandpa I'm like it still doesn't she make it less in scary parents home so <laughs> i do that they- to my mom I do that to my mom. My grandma died a few years ago, and she, you know, you obviously inherit a lot of stuff. So my mom took yes. the grandfather clock, yes. and it's it's 
it's broken <laughs> and it's a beautiful grandfather clock but it's broken the time's always wrong and it'll t- it'll start like ringing and she'll be like mom stop right. and i'm like mom what the fuck <laughs> and then one day she just went do you want to take this it's beautiful i think it would look good in your house i'm like i don't want the fucking scary grandma clock i don't want grandma the in my house clock. yeah yeah, yeah no. i'm walking around naked one day and you just hear dong dong like ah <laughs> i mean and apparently the dead can see you like have sex naked? and everything oh like my father died. I don't he's like watching. that. I don't he's like. Watching. Yeah. Yeah, he's watching. <laughs> I'm like, why is my boyfriend walks by? I'm like, oh, you're in he's trouble. watching you. You're in trouble. Um, Even more reason for me to worry about what I look like when I'm having sex. Right? <laughs> I know. Right. Oh, wasn't insecure enough. You gotta also think yeah. about the dead she, watching you. Yeah. See me at the gym tomorrow, just like. <laughs> Press those ghosts. Gotta see those ghosts really gotta be they go they go back to their ghost buddies and they're just like, yo, I saw this guy, he looked ripped. (laughs) Oh, we're gonna talk about that later, actually. They've really improved their technique since the last time I watched. Yeah, he's really he looks like he's got like abs now. Um but but my other one, so my other experience Mm -hmm. was so when I was in high school. I had this friend. I'm not going to say her name out of respect for her. Um, You know, I think that would be rude. Um, But I had this friend and we weren't, we got really close. And I remember we were, it was Halloween. Perfect time to tell us. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was Halloween. And she basically was just like, guys, I have something to tell you. And we were like, okay. (laughs) She was was like, she's like, I can see ghosts. And we were like, I can see dead people. Yeah. I can see dead people. And we were like, okay mm. <laughs> cool as i'm fucking dressed up like as like glacian. what the fuck no. is, yeah glacian <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is happening so then she was just like <laughs> then she was th- she started with a seance so she was talking to like you know the the dead people's friends and things and i was just like and i was grew up and i had no i had not death for me i didn't know, see death until my mid-20s yes no same. one in my family no one in my same. circle yeah so for me mm-hmm. i was just like Ugh. so i was just sitting back just like okay and, and then like i just remember everything she would do she would be like she would i remember we would be going on walks when we were kids and she would just stop and stare at like a house and i'd be like hey bestie what you doing <laughs> she'd be like there's a man up there in that one and da 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 and she would be telling me about all these things about him and what he's doing and I would be like great (laughs) and like did part of you go she's just being dramatic making this up no part of me would be like it's fucking midnight I'm walking in the middle of the street don't tell me about a ghost I gotta go home in this 100 year old house that I live in where my grandma's already haunting us yeah my grandma's ding donging in the fucking living room stop this but then i remember one day i got real spooked and she told and she told me she was like if you're ever somewhere dark and you just don't want them to bother you you just have to think in your mind because they can read your thoughts and you just say you know don't go away don't bother me and they'll go away and i was just like and i don't if i believe her or not i still do that to this day i'll yeah, be sitting there like don't bug me don't bug me don't bug me don't bug me
It's all like I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to mention this in the okay. email. Okay. That's how excited I was about Ooh, this. Stop, so stop. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna dive in for a second. Oh my god! Bear with wait. me. Ask questions as they come to your mind. Okay. Like interrupt me. Get more okay. details. Milk it out of me. So I get there, and it's like the concierge. She's like, "Oh, your room's not ready. We're just setting it up for you." And then when I looped back like an hour or two, she was like, "I've got a real great room for you." And she like winked at me, and I was oh. like okay like the whole staff knew we were there as like the performers so it could have been everyone was just excited to talk to like drag queens or she knew something <laughs> because literally i was staying in the infamous room 873 okay at the fairmont banff hotel oh and at the God. time i did not understand why this room was infamous i didn't even know my room was infamous I just check in, I unpack because drag queens travel with a billion costumes. <laughs> so and I kind of make each space my own. We go out for dinner and Kendall Gender, her partner Patch, knew more about this hotel. And she was like, oh, what room are you in? And I said, I'm on the eighth floor. She's like, oh, specifically which room? There's like a haunted room on that floor. And I was like, what do you mean? Oh, that's so funny. I'm at like 875. She's like, oh, the haunted room is 873. And I literally make this joke. Could you imagine if there's like <laughs> no eight seven three or something? Like, could you could you imagine? Like, and then I'm all paranoid. She now knows my room, okay. and she's gonna scare me. Okay. I was like, oh come on, Patch. Like, oh now you're freaking me out. Like I'm about to go to bed. Like mm-hmm. I'm literally about to go back to this room and go to bed. I go down that hall, ladies. There is no eight seven three. There is <sighs> only an eight seven five because eight seven three was so haunted that they and stopped. like spooky that they literally removed that room oh my and God. then my room 875 just merged on and like it was just a weird wide room you can literally look at the fire escape map and 875 literally just looks like the size of two rooms right and like there's just no 873 so they were like the we'll remove 873 the the the, the number as if that's going to remove as all if that's haunted fix it. material yeah. yes. inside remove like, the wall and remove yes. the number and the yeah. ghost that'll just make them go away Got it. Because apparently, oh, rumor has it, in like 1920, there was this family of a man, a wife, and a daughter, and the man went crazy in that room, murdered the mom, murdered the daughter, and then killed themselves. Trigger oh warning. my god. I'm so sorry, I should have said trigger warning first. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's and okay. apparently, this room inspired the shining okay stop yes, it right now that's that's how i know about this This place. is the room yes. like when i got i didn't want to spoil the shining line for our listeners when i got there i literally looked up at the size of this place and i was like i am getting shining vibes no, like this oh i'm seeing the twins i'm seeing the elevator with right. the blood like it right. was just it was immediately my mind was going there and then to find out i stayed in a room that like inspired that story i was like oh my god i did a deep dive online before i went to bed that night of and i was course. like oh no i just oh want to scare I'm myself so to the point of no return woohoo party <laughs> so literally Brave. it's like you are i want to never sleep <laughs> i literally <laughs> weirdly enough i was like okay well like let's go to bed now and you were serene can i after, ask were you were alone you were you staying in the room alone did you have your partner 100 alone oh my god 100 percent alone deal. i would have asked 100 percent alone I can't. And so Kendall and my manager Tommy know I travel with these Bose noise canceling earbud things that make a sound in my ear and yeah. I can fall asleep anywhere. Okay. Bitch, okay. Anywhere. Like 
plane. I thought you were going to say bows, like a bow, like a crossbow. So did I. I had a bow. Oh. I had an arrow. I was going to kill I was picturing those. like yeah. a hair bow. And I was yeah. like, okay, okay. I haven't seen you with those, but okay. I have a magical bow. It's Jojo she, Siwa style. I love Hello Kitty. I just see the dream. I don't know. For our JoJo Siwa listeners, that was a stretch, sorry. No, these headphones enable me to fall asleep anywhere. So in this room, I was like, I'm going to put these on. I'm going to put on my like white sand sound and just, I escape. Like I literally don't even think about where I am until around like 6 a.m. Okay. That's when I've like, I've had a sleep, but then I'm up in this like dreamy state, but I'm too scared to get out of my bed. Because mm-hmm. if you remember this yes. room, it was like a merged second room. Yes. There was like a straight up like long corner, like a whole dark part nah. of no. of the of the hotel. So I was like, I'm not I'm not going back over there. What the night before I literally dead bolted and walked away. I was like, mm-hmm. we're locking like that's we're going to walk away from this creepy side of the room. Sure. In the morning, I have to go to the bathroom. I go pee. Mm-hmm. And then I try to go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden I have this weird dream, like this dream in my mind where Patch, Kendall's partner, mm-hmm. has knocked at the door and is teasing me. And so okay. in my dream, I walk over to the little viewfinder and I look through the viewfinder to notice Patch wrapped in a comforter. She's tall. So I like, oh, that's Patch pretending to be a ghost. And in the dream, she lifts the comforter and then a ghost blasts through the viewfinder of the door and in that moment ladies i got a chill from my toes and my hands are like curled in and my my little my bose noise canceling headphones turned into a high pitch it's like no it's this warm noise like you know like warm noise it's not black noise but it's just this like this kind of fan sound it turned high pitch no as i was getting like a full body chill and i literally intercepted the technology there 100 percent. like somehow they got into my mind's eye and like messed with me and i literally like took off the headphones i had to like turn all the lights on and i just was so thrown holy and then took a shower got up i was like okay whatever and then I walk back over to that side of the room because I was just going to go meet the, the gals for breakfast. Uh-huh. And my heart sank when I looked at that deadbolt open. No. no. It Stop it now. facing no. me. And I swear to I, Bible, I shut that thing because I was so freaked out that night before. And I just, I slammed her shut and I did not go over there. I know when I'm talking about a dream and I technically walked over to look through the viewfinder, Mm -hmm. that was me in like a sleepy state. So the fact that that bolt was facing me, then I got freaked out. Then I was really like, okay, this is like a physical change in the room up until that point. I kind of thought like, was that in my head? Did I like somehow like adrenaline rush and get that? But then everything, it kind of, it kind of concrete it made everything concrete like i was like no this yeah. all really truly was an experience because the fact that i felt the ghost pass through the viewfinder and yeah. it just it all kind of clicked and then for the next two nights it didn't bother me so my mother had it in her brain that i needed to get a job like when i was 11 but okay i was 15 <laughs> but i'm like that's still very young for yeah. like a child to have like i don't need yeah. a job and like i i don't know what she was you know she, i was the oldest so i think she was just trying to like yeah. This is what 
I do as a parent. So I got a job um, at this restaurant downtown called Sharky's Dockside Cafe okay. and Grill. Sharky's Dockside Cafe and Grill. Mm-hmm. Um, because my my a friend of mine worked there and the guy I had a crush on worked there. This is very Joey from Dawson's Creek of you. <laughs> are really you just telling us the plot of you're just telling us the plot of Dawson's Creek aren't and you? I, I am I am I'm new, new to town and, yeah exactly <laughs> um oh and like in retrospect I wish I never worked there because it was such a hard like it's a restaurant it's a hardcore place that's it was a, very a lot sheltered. for a 15 year old to take yeah. on as a, as a yeah, first job I, I worked at Kumon oh. and I was like I worked like eight oh. hours a week like <laughs> Whoa, that's nice. I no, they would put me in twelve-hour shifts. That's they would put me in twelve-hour shifts. That is, a and I would guy. be like washing dishes and like. Oh no! I was like, and I'm like, mom, dad, you don't want to step in? Yeah, and be like don't make my <laughs> st- child labor like what twelve-hour oh child labor literally. Oh like it God. would be two in the morning, and I've been there since two. I'm like, no, not, nobody. 15 years old there till yeah. two you're like i've got a math test tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> my parents were like god now mow the lawn oh no, my okay. god. <laughs> no it's just funny because like i had such a sheltered upbringing like my my parents did like anything i wanted like they were so kind to me and like yeah then i had this like hardcore job at like 15 16 That's so funny um and anyway, I'm sorry so, that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm in therapy. I'm fine. This is the horror story is what you're telling This is us. the horror story. Yeah. So Sharky's Dockside Cafe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, is an old, ho- well, was, it's now demolished for condos, uh, like everything else Naturally. in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it was this historic hotel and uh, I guess like, a lot of like because it's a, Oakville was originally a shipping merchant's town. Right, right. That's where people would come and like lodge for the night, and so it was a really rough town. Um, or like that part of it was like a really rough hotel. Okay. Um, which is funny because like the part of Oakville that it's in is like the bougiest part of. Legitimately, Oakville. was just thinking. Imagine yeah. the rough part of Oakville. Oh my god! <laughs> I know there was one street in Oakville that was just like sometimes people like didn't have nice coats on. Like it was yes. like yes, <laughs> they were oh, no name we coats. Gap. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got it at the Gap instead of at Saks Fifth. Like yes. exactly, exactly. So yeah, so if we're looking at like the late 1800s, that's kind of I think okay, when this yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. the the heyday for this this raunchy hotel um, <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> yeah. and then I guess some like property people bought it and turned it into a, a dockside um, restaurant and like bar lounge mm-hmm. thing that was like all the rage in the in the nineties sure and um, and so it was this huge like like building that was um, like a split level so like the main level backed onto the river that rose that flows through to Lake Ontario. Okay. And then, like, the main area is just this, like, restaurant, but the, like, endless, like, staircases and floors and, like, just, like, an old building, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I encountered this, like, feeling, I was in what they called the prep kitchens, like, where they chopped all the veggies and prepped the pizza dough and, like, blah, blah, blah. And it was this huge industrial kitchen, and I was by myself. And I kept feeling like someone was behind me so I kept looking like you know you just feel someone's yeah. in the room yeah mm-hmm. so I just was like oh someone's come in and no one was there like not even a step like not even a, nobody it's not even like someone was walking by like and mm-hmm. it's a sort of isolated kitchen off to the side okay 
And, um, I, yeah, so I kept, I kept thinking someone was there and then like literally like my hawks went up. Like I, I got goosebumps up my neck. Like I was just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I have to get the fuck out of here. Like I was trying really hard to just focus on my like prep, Gosh, but I just couldn't. Yeah. And so I ran out of there and I got, I was like, I have to tell someone that I can't work in here. Okay. And I got halfway across the like lounge area that it, during the day, obviously the, nobody's in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what am I going to tell my manager? <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, so there's ghosts. There's um, a- like <laughs> what the, f- I, there's nothing to tell. Right. 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 So I just was like, okay, I have to just suck it up, figure this out. I'm going to put some music on and mm-hmm. like figure it out. So that was the first experience there. And I was like, I'm not okay. And I didn't want to tell anybody cause you- that sounds insane mm-hmm. and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second experience there, happened on the same day mm-hmm. I was again in the prep kitchen um but there I think there was one other person around and, and I kept looking to this like stairwell which went down to this terrifying basement with this huge freezer Ew. and um I looked and I swear to god there was a skirt that <gasps> moved like oh, a big old no. red Ooh. skirt that was like the bottom of it moved and oh I was god. like what and I never saw it again (laughs) I never like it was just that one time yeah and then later that night I was cleaning up and I was mopping the floor and there was this like cloud of this like basketball size cloud of fog that just appeared in front of my stomach and uh then I lost my breath and like my my heart palpitated and I looked behind me and there was a that same cloud of no that's oh my god yeah and i was like but again you talk yourself out of it right sure, you're like of come course. on like what the fuck like come uh, you're fine it's fine but like i f- i fully felt like i was going down a roller coaster like that's that was oh the feeling god. that i had oh my just god. standing in the middle of the floor oh i know that's that's and now i'm gonna tell up. you the last okay the last portion Ooh. of this hotel okay, this like okay. or, like okay. old hotel i'm so yeah. excited <laughs> so and for me it's the scariest one there was, as i said there was a, a split level building right so this it the, the the bottom end of it was like a parking lot that they also had like a patio area okay and that patio was right on the bank of the river so people with like um i don't know those like boats that are like a little bit bigger than a speedboat like you can sleep in them but they still have a motor yeah yeah like yeah yeah, they, yeah. yeah. So they, they would park all along there and like, it was kind of a, a yacht club vibe and, sure. um, people would park and then they could just get up and go into the restaurant or come in from the street. Like it didn't really matter, but mm-hmm. that was the sort of setting of it. Mm-hmm. And there was also another kitchen out there. It was an outside kitchen, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had in the, like, if you can imagine there was like a parking lot and then there were these rooms that like doors that were on the parking lot, like a hotel, like a motel kind of like door, window, space, door, kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Hotel, motel, um, and this, in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is why we're a comedy so, podcast, okay? Yeah. I, I lo- you know what? And I, that's all the only co- podcast I want to be on. Is comedy, so. Um, yeah. So then, so then, uh, so you walk up to these doors and I guess I just didn't clock like, oh, I guess these would have been hotel rooms, but I, you just don't clock that necessarily. Cause one of the rooms was used for just like dishwashing and they had, um, a fridge and like, so they put like, I don't know, their cakes in there. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. So I, I had to go in and I had to get a slice of cheesecake or something for an order. 
I worked in the kitchen. I didn't say that, but I, I was a kitchen, yeah. obviously, when I was in the prep and stuff. Sure. Um, so I went in to go get a slice of cheesecake for the order. And the same feeling that I had had initially that like, oh, fuck, there's someone here. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking behind my shoulder. I had it again. And I was like, but it was, I started shaking. Like I was, oh, no. I was, it was, and it just comes on, right? Like there's no, sure. for me, there's no explanation. Like that doesn't make sense it to me. It doesn't make sense. I was yeah. scared. No, I was scared out of my wits. Like I was, I was just like, Everything in my body was like, run! Yeah. Like, that's oh what you had your fight or flight instinct was just like, oh, just like triggered. Kicking. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So I went in, I got the cake, and I like all but ran out of there, did my job. And I guess a week later or something, I finally said to my, f- oh no, I overheard my friend talking about, oh, the, the ghosts at Sharky's. <gasps> and I was like, wait, there's oh my God. ghosts here? And they were like, oh my God, Perry. Yeah, there's so many ghosts. And I was like, weird. That's crazy. And (laughs) I haven't seen anything. (laughs) I haven't seen, felt, or done anything near that. So I didn't soil (laughs) my pants last week while I was at work (laughs) because I was put on the spot because of a ghost experience. (laughs) Um, And they were like, yeah, but like room 101. And they were like, yeah, room 101. And I was like, what the fuck is room 101? And room 101 is that room that I had gone into without realizing it. They were just like, go to 101 and get some cheesecake. Like, you don't, you know, there's just like terminology and like those restaurants. You're just like, right. And I was like, what happened in room 101? And they were like, oh, it's like incredibly haunted. And there, there, um, apparently was a really tragic story where, I can't remember if it was the man or the woman, but one of the parents drowned two of their children in oh a bathtub. Oh my god! Oh. And oh, so, like, really fucking dark energy in the hotel. And they did it in, in the, the hotel in the, room. In the, yeah, in in that room where Ooh, I went in off the Jesus off the shit. bank. Um, and then like that, like that's one room where it was like terrifying and awful. But mm-hmm. then like there's other, all these other spaces that were just like not. So I'm like, so the whole hotel was just fucked. Like, yeah, yeah clearly, yeah, it was just a very bad energy vibe place wow okay so this is the original article that i read uh back in i think it was 2018 when they first published this story and i'm just gonna read the article word for word because this journalist did a fantastic job their name is reeves weidman and uh yeah it's with new york magazine and i on i honestly could not tell it better they did such a great job so i'm just rereading the words of reeves wide and they've updated it to the current state of yeah yeah okay of things yes so one night in june of 2014 derek broadis had just finished an evening of painting at his new home in westfield new jersey when he went outside to check the mail derek and his wife maria had closed on the six-bedroom house at 657 Boulevard three days earlier, and they were doing some renovations before they moved in. So there wasn't much mail, except for a few bills and a white card-shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner, and the typed note inside began warmly. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, Allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. For the Broadduses, buying 657 Boulevard had fulfilled a dream. Maria was raised in Westfield, and the house was a few blocks from her childhood home. 
Derek grew up working class in Maine and then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford the $1.3 million house. The Broadduses had bought 657 Boulevard just after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday, and their three kids were already debating which of the house's fireplaces that Santa Claus would use. Hmm. Imagine. (laughs) Multiple fireplaces. Right? Which one of our fancy fireplaces will Santa slide down? I hate you. Uh, (laughs) But like also it didn't work out, so I don't hate you. (laughs) (laughs) But as Derek kept reading the letter from his new neighbor, it took a turn. How did you end up here? The writer asked. Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? The letter went on. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It's now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Immediately, no. (laughs) I would be out of there so... I mean, they were, but like... (laughs) So do you think that they transferred, like, if that's the case, with every new Mm -hmm. owner, they pass the torch? I I don't know. I don't know if it was every new owner, they passed the torch. Or just every generation. They were too old. To watch the house, they then needed to pass along. I just find it odd that it suddenly started occurring and didn't before. Yeah, previous ownerships. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested in that too. Uh, I. I. I, Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Either that or like now that like this this third generation Mm -hmm. uh, is just a like this person ended up being a psychopath, right? This this specific person who, I mean, they could have made up that story that their grandfather or father watched the house, like totally. Who knows what was the whatever it is? What's the case between that person's family and them? But made up this extravagant story that they were given the responsibility to do something right yeah so the author's reconnaissance had apparently already begun the letter identified the broadus's honda minivan as well as the workers renovating the home quoting i see already that you have flooded 657 boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be tisk 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 bad move you don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy, end quote. Oh, my God. Earlier in the week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbors while their children, who were 5, 8, and 10 years old, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighborhood. The letter writer seemed to have noticed. You have children. I've seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. The anonymous correspondent wrote before asking if there were more on the way. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. What the fuck? So this is where I don't 
where I can see where it may not have been someone who tried to bid on the home because mm-hmm. how would that person know that there was only three new children in the neighborhood? Right. right. And I mean, it could have been someone that bid on the house and then laid in wait to like see who was there. That's still fucking But terrifying. they need to know the neighborhood children and how many there were if they were in the backyard oh, playing with see, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see Unless they just, the, some of the kids left and the, there's three remaining in the backyard that were clearly their children. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, could be that. But yeah, fucking, even still, that's still terrifying. Like, yeah. still, still so scary. Yeah. The envelope had no return address. Who am I? The person wrote. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I'm in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The letter concluded with a suggestion that this message would not be the last. Welcome, my friends, welcome. Let the party begin. Followed by a signature typed in a cursive font, The Watcher. That is horrifying. So. Oh my God. Get this. Here's what makes it scarier. When Derek Broadus read this letter, it was after 10 p.m. and he was in the house alone. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) No, no. He raced around the house turning off the lights so that nobody could see, see inside the house which would scare me. Like, I would want the lights on, but I understand what he's doing. If the lights are on, people can can see see in. in. But I can't imagine reading that and then sitting in the darkness. Like, I would be so afraid. Um, Anyway, so so he runs around, turns off all the lights, and then he calls the Westfield Police Department. An officer came to the house, read the letter, and said, quote, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> he asked Derek if he had enemies and recommended moving a piece of construction equipment from the back porch in case the watcher decided to try to toss it through a window. Derek rushed back to his wife and kids who were living at their old home elsewhere in Westfield. That night, Derek and Maria wrote an email to John and Andrea Woods, who was the couple that sold them 657 Boulevard, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher might be or why he or she had written. I asked the Woods to bring me young blood and it looks like they listened, said one of the letters. I did this uh, slideshow in high school for um jeffrey dahmer it was for lyle no yeah i didn't do it for him i did it like about jeffrey dahmer it was for Oh, you didn't present it for jeffrey dahmer yeah we randomly got assigned a serial killer and i had jeffrey dahmer um that would be better if i just i was like oh (laughs) you had to go to the jail and present for i can't wait to show jeffrey all the things he's missed Um, <laughs> a history of the world presentation for <laughs> but then you just laugh the whole time because you're like haha you don't get to experience this because you're a piece of shit I think he was he was dead before I would have a class yeah, that would allow me to go in front of him <laughs> okay so you had to do a slideshow for jeffrey Thomas. yeah i remember uh, I, like i put all of the work into it because i remember my partner she was like 
oh, I get my mom to do my projects. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like... At what age? Uh, this was like grade 11. Um, and I was like, no, we're not doing that. I'll just do it if you don't want to. And then, so I put all the work into it. I made it so it had one of those song clips because there was a Slayer song that was just all about Jeffrey Dahmer. They did this song and it's like, I forget what the name of the song is, but I know it's his apartment number. Um, oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, so that automatically played. I presented almost the whole <laughs> thing because I was like the one that knew about it. Mm-hmm. And then we got our grades back. I got an 88% yeah. and she got a 94. Yeah. What? We're doing a team what? project. It's a team project where I presented the that whole time. Is insane. I what did you fight it like what did you do no I just accept it you didn't because you're a Libra and you don't you're not confrontational yeah we just get kicked in the head and we (laughs) you really do do oh that makes me angry what do you even do at that point though I mean like I I don't know when you're in a team project where you'd put in all of the work and you do the entire presentation and you get less that would infuriate me can't believe you didn't bring that to your teacher's attention because I would have so I've got Johnny Depp, Edward Scissorhands. Great. Okay. I've got David Bowie, The Labyrinth. Okay. And then I've got Jimmy Workman, who was Pugsley, who was Pugsley in The Addams Family. Okay. I hate everybody. I yeah. hate them all so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I like David Bowie, but in The Labyrinth, hate him. <laughs> Yeah, in the labyrinth, he's so creepy. I also heard that he was dating a 15-year-old when he was alive. So that's that's why I'm like, oh, I want you to die. Oh, okay. (laughs) And you're Uh already dead. He's already dead. So we'll go with him for dying, even though everyone's going to fucking kill me for, like, because Bowie is, like, it's Bowie, right? He's Bowie. He is Bowie. But I heard that he was dating a 15-year-old, so. That's really creepy. You're getting the axe. Um, good. And then fuck fucker Mary, eh? I guess I'll marry the guy that played Pugsley Adams. Jimmy Watch, Wickman, he's yeah. gonna have even worse. He's gonna I don't have even think he worse does. problematic behavior. Okay, I don't good. think he does. And then I'll have sex with Johnny Depp. Okay, that's fair. Okay, what about you? What would you do in that situation? Um, I think the same. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, after, I didn't know the thing about David Bowie, but so that changed mm-hmm. all all of my mind. So right. I'm just gonna go go with. Uh, yeah. He did have a family legal dis- dispute, the fucking Pugsley guy. No. What yeah. was it? In what May 2014, it? a settlement was reached among parties. Okay. Um, in August 2013, Workman petitioned a court that he be granted custody of his then 15-year-old sister, actress Ariel Winter. Oh, so when she, when she, um, she, what's it called? Oh, she, what's the word when you divorce your parents? Yeah, um, uh, emancipated. Emancipated herself. So yes. now he took over that. Okay, so, so glad I married him. What a nice yeah, man. Yeah, uh, workmen who spoke on behalf of their mother to dispute the accusations that had been levied at her lobbied the court for custody by stating that Gray allowed Winter to be publicly sexualized, exploited Winter to promote her acting school, and used the money Winter earned as a cast member of the TV series Modern Family. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, he okay. isn't the bad guy in this at okay, all. Okay, good. <laughs> good. So glad to hear that. So yes, that. We'll, we will marry him and we will have sex with Johnny Depp, even though I'm not big do- Johnny Depp fan, and uh, kill David Bowie. And he's already dead, so I don't have to feel bad about it. 
Yeah. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Cool. Um, okay, what was I going to? I need one more. Or did I have I've, one here? I've got three guys Hold if on. you want. But. No, no, I picked some good ones, but okay, okay, okay I've got it. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Jake Gyllenhaal from Donnie Darko. Ooh, good one. Right? Such yes, a good one. Such a good one. Um, I'm not going to give you the, like, the easy one from the movie Casper. No, gonna, don't. Yeah, I'm going to do Bill Pullman from okay. Casper. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then I will do, uh, Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice. Kill Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice. <laughs> Immediately kill Immediately Michael Keaton. Immediately kill okay. Michael Keaton. Got you. Um, I'm going to marry, uh, Bill Pullman. And I'm going to have sex with um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, obviously. Yeah, because if you have sex with Jake Gyllenhaal, then you write an album, and then you become super fucking famous, like Taylor Swift. <laughs> an album, yes. Okay, then- <laughs> several albums. Several, several about, albums yeah. about Jake Gyllenhaal, right? And then you become super famous and very, very rich, and then I'm yeah. your friend. Totally. <laughs> cool. Are yeah. No, those are definitely to- that's definitely my answer. I think I'm going to agree with you. Even though I do really like Michael Keaton, I feel like mm. I can't kill Bill Pullman. Why did Michael Keaton do something bad? No, I just, okay. Beetlejuice is just like. Beetlejuice ugh. is super creepy. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, I'm creepy. sorry. Anyway. Well, that's the episode today, folks. That's, I hope you liked all. it. Yeah, that's uh, that showbiz, baby. Yeah, stay spooky, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.